In today's episode, I'm interviewing Jane Badu from We Are Nomads, an online homeware store and interior design studio based in London. Jane combines her love for interior design and travel and carefully sources homeware collections from around the world and pairs them with her very own designs. Jane says, I'm inspired by world craft, particularly African craft, which is so rich. It deserves to be shared and celebrated. Her online store is full of color and striking patterns, and Jane weaves inspiring stories of her travels and the people she meets into her work. She created this brand for fellow nomads, stylish travelers who love craft and exploring the world around them. They love their homes, and their homes reflect their lives. She says everyone should own a unique piece of craft to create a home that is full of life and tells a story, treasures that are yours forever. Welcome to the Rare Conversations podcast. I'm Leonie Milano, and I chat with creative entrepreneurs and business owners around the world about what it takes to start, sustain, scale, and sell a business. We talk about real-life scenarios to help you understand the path before you, to inspire your journey. I transitioned from working in film, TV, and global events to working with creative entrepreneurs through mindset coaching and mentoring. I'm on a mission to help entrepreneurs embrace the journey, understand themselves better, accelerate their growth, and get the most out of life, making sure they have a hell of a lot of fun along the way. And before we dive into this episode, I'd love to know from you, our listeners, what's something you've collected on your travels that you absolutely love? Hey, Jane, take two. How is it going? (laughs) So lovely. So lovely to to see you after, gosh, I haven't spoken to you in a while. Yeah, it's been um, a while. It's been a couple of months probably. Yeah. So, um, Jane, you and I first met on Clubhouse, yeah. gosh, months ago. And then we were kind of doing, you had those amazing travel talks um, that yeah. were where you'd go in depth in talking about a particular experience or, you know, from your memories of going to South Africa or Morocco. And I guess I just want to talk a little bit about, I mean, your interiors are stunning. They're absolutely gorgeous. Your Instagram is stunning. And I just want to talk a little bit about how you started your store and how you work that in with your interior design business. Yeah, so I... Went to Morocco in 2016 and um, mm-hmm. I'd been before, but I didn't really take that much notice of the sort of craft part of the country. Mm-hmm. But when I went this time, I, I went on my own and it was kind of just to have a breather from work and, you know, just sort of just have, wander around and just get lost, which is kind of very easy to do in Marrakesh. So um, as I was wandering around, I just thought, I just saw craft everywhere. You know, it's just displayed in the city. You can see people actually making, you know, copper lights and weaving rugs. And it's just kind of, you're just immersed in all of this artwork and craft. And I thought it would just be a really great kind of idea to show the craftsmanship of that in the UK. Because mm-hmm. we kind of tend to lean towards Scandi, kind of grey, beige, white. You know, it's it can be quite bland, mm-hmm. and a lot of people 
you know, we're very used to shopping in high street shops without really thinking about that kind of process of, you know, where that's come from, who's made that. Yeah. And I wanted to kind of really focus on that, on, you know, this craft that is from Africa and also looking at people that, that actually made it. And, you know, I think trying to instill that the crafts last and it's worth paying for and, you know, the, the actual real cost of, of you know, pro- these products um, mm. is something that we kind of need to, you know, realise and get used to. It's not sort of like you can't buy a, a plate for two pounds and not really think about, you know, how did it, how is it so cheap? Yeah. You know, there's a reason why it's so cheap. So I kind of wanted to just kind of feed all that in. And again, with the travel and just sort of looking at how the city informs the craft. And then I thought about, you know, I could sort of do that with different places that I visit. Mm -hmm. So then I kind of went back home and just started to sort of think about how this could work and a name and, you know, but that took about two years to actually start it. Oh, so I actually wow. launched it in 2018. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, the name We Are yeah. Nomads is, I love it. I mean, it just encompasses everything to do with travel um, and, you know, finding beautiful, beautifully crafted products in different countries. I mean, you can't beat that. It's not like going to, you know, one of those kind of chain homeware stores. Yeah. There's something so... I don't know that I think we need to really cherish and support artisans that are doing this kind of work because I keep hearing that, you know, it's like a dying craft with this and this and the the skill set isn't being passed on. And I don't know. What do you think about that? What do you think is going on? Is the younger generation just not interested in that now as technology continues to change our world? Yeah, I think it's like it's very appealing to become an influencer, isn't it? People would rather do that than sort of learn craft. But I think in Morocco, yeah. it's they. But they need this to be the influencer, yeah. right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, in the UK, so I'm from a place called Stoke on Trent, which is known as the Potteries. So it's really famous for Wedgwood and Spode and um, mm. Milton's and sort of pottery brands up you probably I don't know if you know Wedgwood yeah um, yeah Cornish wear and all those yeah yeah but in this sort of um I mean towards the 80s when I was growing up it was a huge industry and lots of people in the city worked in, in those factories and now they've all sort of decamped to Asia so oh really the, these ceramic companies have the factories yeah so the factories have all moved from hmm. Stoke to Asia because you know it's sort of cheaper labor and um so those skills have been lost in there are there are still a few factories but that's kind of an example of how skills can get lost so quickly over yeah. time you know and um if you don't kind of and it, I think people a lot of people kind of think of it as you know it's just these factories kind of churning out pottery but it is a skill and I think it probably wasn't sold in the right way as being a creative skill it was kind of this kind of you know chain of sort of making mass producing pottery yeah but I think it, you know it's it's just kind of how you tell the story I think and um so that's you know a lot of people just don't want to even work in the the factories that are still there yeah 
in Morocco, I think they're kind of, it's more entrenched in the culture. Yes. And they are, they do actually make things from scratch. Yeah. And, you know, artisans also have, um, they aren't able to mass produce the product as well. And, you know, they have their small runs, but I think it's really uh, lovely to have these pieces so, you know, I mean, it depends on the factory. There are some things that are mass produced and not great. And, um, but, you know, in terms of supporting the smaller people, you know, I know when I lived in India, I would trek out to Rajasthan and go around and see different artisans. And I mean, some of the work is incredible. Out near, I think it's out near Jodhpur, there was a place called yeah. Frozen Music and they, they craft marble and, you know, they're in museums and they do royal residences and a lot of stuff. Um, I think, and, you know, with fabrics and everything like that, but tell me some of the products that you sourced from Morocco because I, it was a few. It wasn't just the ceramics, right? Yeah, it was the ceramics and it was um, rugs. And mm. then I had some blankets made by some weavers in Fez. And it was kind of just testing, you know, what was set, what was going to be popular in in the UK. And then, you know, Mm -hmm. kind of, I sourced kind of mainly vintage pieces at the beginning. And then Mm -hmm. I had those pieces made. So it was kind of, you know, treading water. But it's mainly pottery and textiles. So cushion covers, rugs and blankets. Mm-hmm. And, and what then, other um, countries have you sourced from? So I sourced from Ethiopia. So I went to Ethiopia on um, 2019 on a sort mm-hmm. of really quick four-day trip to Addis Ababa. And I sourced, I found this amazing workshop and um, they kind of produce this. It's really, they produce a lot of cotton in Ethiopia and it's really soft. It's like amazing. So Oh, I wow. brought some a basket and um, some blankets from there, some sort of tablecloths. Because mm-hmm. it's quite sort of when when it's a, a product like that, it's kind of you kind of want to test it first. I think you know, right before you're selling it in your buying shop. Lots of it, yeah. Mm. And also South Africa, did you source? Yeah, I brought back some uh, baskets from South Africa from. It was um, a maker, he, he's called Nelton, he's a lovely guy, but he kind of travels to South Africa every six weeks, I think, and then he sells his products in the market there. So, oh, um, okay, he's out in the countryside. Basket. Yeah, yeah, the Amazing. baskets are really just beautiful, you know, really soft sort of um, grass that they use, and it's just a really lovely product. So mm. I think, you know, Unless you actually go there, you won't see that in the UK. Yeah. And so tell me a little bit about um, how everything has changed because obviously, you know, it has been very, very challenging for any kind of travel in the past, what, almost two years. And how has that affected your business? It's in, yeah, I kind of had a lot of plans to travel when I got back, so the last trip I took was just before the pandemic. Mm-hmm. And I kind of had 
lots of um, ideas about where I was going to source next and then it kind of all shut down. Mm. So then I started to look at the UK and how I could work with makers over here. So I started Fine. to source products from UK makers. So that's been really nice. I've met some really amazing talented ceramicists mainly mm-hmm. in the UK so it's kind of it's been really and I think that's kind of something that I would like to keep as well moving forward to have a mix of UK makers and um, makers from different countries yeah hopefully nice, get back out yeah. there yeah and it's a kind of nice way that I can maybe tailor products towards you know sort of bespoke products because mm-hmm. without being there with with the makers, it's quite hard to do that when you you can't actually travel mm. to kind of you know ask them to produce certain products yeah. from you know as a prototype. So it's kind of a good balance now to kind of have a sort of group of makers in the UK that I could work with. Mm. So do you mix your product around? I mean, if you are working with, uh, say, that gentleman in South Africa with the baskets uh, and then you know their product, would you just continue to work with them? Are they able to ship it to you or are you kind of change it up? Yeah, with with him. So he can't travel. So there are restrictions over there as well. So right. The way he sort of works the businesses that he he makes in Swaziland, and then he right. takes to the um, to South Africa, and they mm. generally ship from South Africa, so it's difficult for him to ship in Swaziland. Mm. So it kind of needs to all open up at the same time. Um. So yeah, yeah it's, it's, <laughs> it's it just it's more challenging, but it's still. Mm. It hasn't gone away. It's just kind of paused. Yeah. You know, the idea of kind of bespoke product. And tell me a little bit about um, like what for people's homes, if they, I, I always think it's kind of nice to, if you can, to have some fresh pieces once a year or something. I don't know. There's something, it's yeah. just like the new energy. What is something that people can do at home that's relatively easy that can kind of give their environment a bit of a uplift? Yeah, I mean, I always think it's really great to introduce colour. So a favourite of mine at the moment is the vases from Tamagrit from Morocco. They're mm-hmm. really sort of bright green and it just it's kind beautiful. of just this pop of color, and it's always great to have fresh flowers as well. Mm. And it can really just, you know, give a vibrancy to a coffee table or you know a mantelpiece or a window ledge just really easily. Mm. And also cushion covers as well. You know, they, it can just change a space and change a feel quite easily, mm. and quite affordably as well. And you know, it's it's definitely easy to change this kind of decorative pieces than it is to change a sofa. And you can also put a throw over a sofa that might not be to your taste anymore. You know, it's quite... Right, exactly. Sort of, so you yeah, can easily change your space quite... And I've always rented houses in, in London. So I've always kind of, you know, had to 
make changes that suit my style. Mm. They're not permanent, but they can, I can take those with me when I leave. So mm. things like throws and cushions, it's, you know, it's overnight. You can kind of get a different feel. Paint a so whole wall really, and then fix it up later. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's always nice for an accent, right? Yeah. Even this wall behind me, like this was white. And it's mm. just really, you know, it's just painted in a sort of plastery colour. But it's just really, it changes the space completely. Mm. It what is it? It's um, You put a plaster finish on it, did you? It kind of looks like plaster, but it's it's paint, a paint colour. And it's kind of has, you know, sort of areas that are matte and areas that are sort of have a sheen. So it's so the paint with the it. texture. Yeah. It, how did you apply it? Just with a dry brush. Mm-hmm. It's kind mm-hmm. of like testing it, which is really great with paint. You can just test things and, you know, quite easily paint over if it doesn't work. And then I find that's a really nice way of personalising this your interior. Because I've moved into places before where I haven't touched anything and it kind of feels like you're just staying there for a little bit. It doesn't feel like yours. Right. So I think it's really nice to just personalise it more. Mm. Because we spend so much time at home now in this environment, yeah. I think personalising your space more. Yeah. Do you do any um, online consultations when it comes to or, or like online classes where people can learn more around, you know, how to choose interiors, what to choose? Yeah. No, I don't do classes, but I do do consultations. So I have a service on my, on, through We Are Name Mats, and yeah, I have an interior design service, which kind of, because I want to try and sort of bring the same ethos to interiors as well. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, look at telling stories in people's homes and how they can sort of bring out their personality and, you know, give it warmth and just kind of try to have, bring in pieces that are, that will stand the test of time. So it's that kind of, you know, looking at travel and how that informs people's homes. So that's kind of through mm-hmm. your name, and that's, it's on the website as well. You can sort of access, you can book consultations through there. Mm-hmm. And tell me a bit about your interiors work that you've been doing um what kind of spaces are you working in is it residential or retail or hotels it's um it's sort of retail hospitality so that's my background Mm -hmm. so it's always been with brands and sort of looking at how to tell a story how to tell a brand story how to so important customers along and yeah and how to sort of um just kind of bring out the brand's personality mm-hmm. and a lot looking at, you know, human, how humans interact with that space and sort of, you know, trying to create something that flows and that is a space that feels like it's a brand expression. I've kind of worked a lot on pop-ups and that's kind of, you know, very fast paced, but it's, it's like a very sort of full on experience. I love the for that brand. So it's um, mm. it's a time when they can sort of be bold and be mm. kind of really distill the story what they wanted. You know, it might it might not be a story of the actual brand, but it might just be a branch of it. Mm. So um, it's just a sort of 
opportunity to do something out of the box. I think they're definitely more creative and it's more open than a store because it mm. doesn't have the constraints of the four walls and, you know, the sort of mall restrictions and you can sort of, the planning is easier, planning permissions. I think the pop-up is why the brands have fun as well. It's It could be a festival or it could be, you know, a pop-up experience which just tells, literally just tell a story and not even sell. It's something where it's literally a brand explosion where people can just be immersed in, in their story. Mm. So it's definitely more of a, a fun project. Hey everyone, I'm jumping in here to let you know about a great little campaign we're doing at the moment in the lead up to Christmas. It has been a pretty challenging almost couple of years and we wanted to see what we could do to help small businesses around the world get a little bit more visibility. So we started a grassroots campaign with creative entrepreneurs and solopreneurs in mind and built an online Christmas directory so shoppers can come and support you this festive season. This is a free service and we'd love to invite you to join us. And if you feel like you could do with a little more help, we have for a very limited time a small program to help you refine some of your processes and get questions answered on how you can improve your business. You can find out all this information on our website at www.leonimilano.com or message us on Instagram at leonimilano, spelled L-E-O-N-I-M-I-L-A-N-O. If you're someone looking for gifts this year, we'd love to invite you to support these wonderful people on our platform. Now let's get back to the episode. What are a couple of your absolute favorite projects that you have worked on to date? I worked on a shop in Dubai called Boutique One. Mall of the Emirates. And there were two different stores. And it was one of those projects where we could use high-end materials and we could do great pieces that you wouldn't generally see in the traditional retail shops. So it's looking at angular pieces and pieces that fit together and creating catwalks and it was a huge store as well so it was yeah, really big. great to create different areas within it and pace the shop so that was really great that was quite early on in my career that I worked on that mm-hmm. and then I worked on a window for Joseph who were partnering with Christopher Kane on mm-hmm. a window and that was really amazing so it was a created this whole self-standing walls filled with cable ties so that was a really nice in project London where I went yeah that was in London. So it was just, there were no restrictions with that as well. I think my favourite projects are where they trust us and let us go wild with their story, whereas they would probably be a bit more conservative, like Boutique One, for instance. Mm. I think it was the design before was kind of expected. It wasn't anything sort of, it was pieces of furniture that were off the shelf. Mm-hmm. And it was really great to create a bespoke solution for them. So I think they're definitely standout projects. And f- what what would be your absolute dream project to do if you could do whatever you wanted? Oh, d- definitely a hotel. I mean, I'm obsessed with <sighs> Moroccan Riyads. Right, gosh. And then Morocco has oh, got yeah, some then. of the most stunning hotels. So that kind of vibe for London or, yeah. or are you just anywhere? Maybe for London. Mm-hmm. I think London... It tends to, we don't do outdoors very well. Uh, it's obviously, I mean, it's raining at the moment, <laughs> but it's, we don't really right. do that kind of. 
I don't know that you get well, much I mean, time out there. Yeah. <laughs> well, I love in concept stores, you know, those sort of stores where it's a restaurant and there's a bar and there's a, a shop and a hotel as well and maybe a gallery. And I just mm. love that idea that the brand touches all of those spaces. A great way of showing how you touch lifestyle, travel, art, food. So I'd love to do something like that. That would be a dream project. So you work by yourself or you work with other businesses right now? So the shop is me and then Mm -hmm. I freelance for businesses. So anyone can hire you? Yeah. So it will be a brand directly or it will be a studio that might need extra help where I've worked previously. So it's kind of a mixture of of those things. And then the rest of the we are nomads is then that interior service is, is mine. So that's why that's slightly different look and feel you know, to the brand work. Mm-hmm. And going forward, what other plans do you have for long-term for your business? Will you stay in London or you want to be traveling, working around the world on different things? Yeah, I mean, like- it'd be great to travel to work within a, a city that I'm working with artisans. So, for instance, if I could work in Marrakesh for a month and work remotely on projects in in the UK and then sort of work with artisans as well. Mm. So I think that would be a really nice way of working. I think today now there aren't, I think people have got used to the idea of people working from home and working Mm. remotely. And I think I'm hoping that that becomes part of the culture. So people are just you know, quite happy for people to travel. Because I've always worked in London and, you know, we've had to go to the office to actually work. Mm. So that's why London's always been a base. Right. It'd be really great to just be able to expand that more. And And also people are spending time at home now a lot more. I think there's huge scope for introducing people to revitalise their spaces and look at things that they may not have considered before i've noticed a lot of renovation projects happening well, last year so i think people are realizing that their home isn't just somewhere to come back to after work it's somewhere where you should be an expression of you and your lifestyle and feel comfortable and it's not just somewhere where it's a collection of furniture it needs mm. to meld together and feel comfortable because i think people seek you know it was all about comfort last year Mm. So I think that was a reason why people always wanted to improve where they live in it themselves as well and really indulging in self-care and looking after and home is part of that as well. I think people really underestimate how much their environment affects them. It's yeah. so huge. And well, I'm guilty of um I mean, I have stuff in storage that uh, next time I get to go back to Australia, I want to just clear it all out. I've got furniture and all kinds of things. And once you let go of things, it allows the space to bring new things in and it everything has an energy to it. You know, that whole Marie Kondo philosophy is true. Like everything has an energy. And sometimes we just hang on to bits and pieces we, we're emotionally attached to things. And 
it makes such a massive difference. I used to collect things and then be worried to throw them out. And I remember afterward listening to Marie Kondo and watching her series, I started to get a little bit more bold in terms of like, right, I'm going to have a clean out my whole house. And I would grab all these things that I was a bit like, Meh, I'm not so sure. And I'd put them in a box and put them away in another room and I'd give it a month. And honestly, I would never remember what was in the box. And then when I opened the box before I got rid of it, I was like, okay, yeah, I definitely don't need this. So I think there's a lot of that and having a minimalistic environment helps you. It's just calming and it's nice and having a bit of color here and there. Tell me a little bit about the Japanese ceramics with the cracks in them. It's the Japanese one, right? I mean, I went to Japan a couple of years ago. Mm-hmm. So I knew about the technique, but it was kind of born out of a disaster that happened with some ceramics coming from Morocco. They were all broken. Mm-hmm. And so it was either throw 60 cups away or oh sit and piece it all together. It must <laughs> so be so difficult with ceramics to ship them anywhere. Yeah. So I kind of spent probably two weeks taping with like, pieces of ceramic that all look the same trying to fit it all together Mm -hmm. it's like this huge jigsaw puzzle so I kind of eventually got everything together and then set about gluing it all together (laughs) so it's um but it looks amazing yeah thank you it's so beautiful the philosophy is if something's broken it just shouldn't be thrown away and just discarded it's about celebrating the story and celebrating the flaws and looking at how we can actually bring it to life Again, mm-hmm. so I really love that. And it's a great philosophy for life as well. It's like you don't have to hide away the things that have happened in the past. You can bring it to life in a new way. And the fact that you have this gold line, it's a really beautiful expression of the, the break and the crack. And that's paint, right? It's gold powder. Okay. So it's gold mica powder that you mix with the resin. It creates this really lovely texture. I've actually got some pieces. What I'm oh, can I have a now. look? Oh, you have yeah. a piece right there. Yeah, I've got some pieces here. So this is, it's in the process. Oh, Oh, that's beautiful. These were cracked in the post. So what this is now, the the powder's sort of setting Mm -hmm. on the crack, and then you brush it off, and we'll see if we've got... And it'll really, really hold it. Yeah, yeah, it's completely usable. It's food-friendly. It just um, creates a new design. That's what I see. Yeah, it just brings it to life again. I'm still working on those pieces, but... It's something that it brings it to life. And also I'm someone that is like, I find it difficult to throw things away because I know that it's just going to go to landfill or just be sent to a lot of recycling in this country, get sent to African countries. And Mm -hmm. I don't know if people are aware of that. So I have to be wary of what I'm going to just throw away. So it's a really great way of saving those pieces. I love ceramic. The textures and the colors are incredible. You don't really know how it's going to come out of the kiln though, do you? No, no. And that's the thing. That's why every single piece is completely unique. Mm. I'm kind of drawn to pieces like that, to pottery like that, Mm. where it it is very, like these pieces are from Ella Buer in, and she paints every single piece by hand. Right. So it's literally a piece of art and every single piece is completely unique. I'm kind of drawn to pieces like that where nobody will have no two of the same yours. And what would you say is your um, favourite piece that you own? I've got 
pieces from, it's probably the pieces that I sell the sort of 10 great verses. Mm-hmm. I just love the marks on there and the fact that it's just been handled by somebody, you know, and it's now it's in my house. I just love that story and mm. the journey that that's been on. So that's something that I, I mean, I have them, I've got quite a few of those in my house. Right. And I use them for utensils and, and plants and I just love that. I can show you one actually. It's a sort of yellow vase. I think I've seen that yellow in photo that yeah. yellow one in your photographs. Because it yeah. is so striking. Yeah. I think you may have it on your website or in your Instagram page. Yeah, it's on the website. Yeah, your- I just love that depth of colour. And where did and you text. study? I studied at the LCC, it's London College of Communication. Your aesthetic is unbelievable. I love just how you put your work together to photograph it because you photograph it as well. Yeah. It's kind of like one of those things when you have a small business, you kind of have to do everything. Photography, (laughs) SEO, website But it's a lot. Yeah. You know, it's a lot to to sort of But if you get that design right, like that, yeah. I mean, the design isn't obviously you got to have sales and everything like that but you know yeah. it's so beautiful as a part of the brand story you have a really yeah. lovely aesthetic I like to know what the photography is looking like what the the website's like I find I like to have it overview of it mm-hmm. so I need to get maybe get used to giving it to somebody else like I've just um, started working with a photographer who's going to f- photograph some Christmas stuff for me which I haven't mm-hmm. done before it's kind of it's quite nice to kind of let go because <laughs> I always this is a hard thing for small businesses myself. yeah yeah but it's also but something I that I think well. um small businesses definitely hang on to things that they can pass on to other people to free them up to get other work done yeah when you get to that level I think it's a constant juggle isn't it of okay now I got a bit more breathing space now I can get more help and just keep going that way yeah. But yes, it's a very enjoyable. Everything that you're doing is very enjoyable. The photography and the sourcing of the products. And what are some countries that you haven't been to yet that you would like to go to, to have a look at their artisans? Yeah, I mean, I've been to Mexico, but I've, I've only been to Playa del Carmen, which is kind of quite commercialised. I'm going to say Mexico, even though I've been there <laughs> slightly. I'd like to delve in a little week. bit more. I follow a few brands on Instagram and it's just incredible. The colours are just stunning and so punchy and I just would love to spend some time there and just kind of bring, because I don't really see Mexican products that much over here. Really? So it'd be great to sort of work with those. Yeah, not really. There are a few brands, but I think in this country we're very used to H&M Home, Zara is kind of taking a big chunk of the market and they will you know, take designs from Morocco and Mexico and places like that. Mm. So I think people feel like they maybe have a Moroccan style rug, but it's not, you know, a real one. Mm-hmm. So it'd be nice to kind of get back to the authentic, these authentic products. So yeah, Mexico, yeah. I suppose like in Central America, you know, sort of Colombia, I would love to go to and explore. There's a lot of weaving that happens in Central America, mm-hmm. which would be great to have a look at. It's just, in, yeah, just to see what happens over the next year with COVID. Yes. Because as somebody that travels, I used to travel quite a lot. It's a big change. And it's something that you can't plan for. Not know, anymore. 
business, yeah. Even shipping has completely changed now. There's a lot of things that have happened. But um, thank you so much for joining me today. How can people find you? Yes, you can find me at um, wearenomads, all one word, .co.uk. So that's my website. And then Instagram is wearenomads.co.uk as well. So you can find me on there. Highly recommended to check that out. It's such an incredibly (laughs) stunning feed. Yeah, thank you. So beautiful. I'd like to get a few more travel. Need to go on holiday. (laughs) Get some more travel shop on there. I'm going to meet you in Morocco for sure. We have to go to Morocco. Yeah, Yeah, definitely. Yeah, Yeah, I'm on Pinterest as well. All right. Well, thank you again. And I wish you all the best. You've just finished listening to an episode of Rare Conversations. If you enjoyed today's episode, I'd love for you to leave a review and share it with a friend who you think would be interested in this topic. And if you have a business question, please send it in to us. We may very well answer it in our next episode. So be sure to tag me on social media at Leonie Milano. The show notes and other information can be found on our website at www.leonimilano.com. Thank you again for listening and we look forward to having you back with us again soon.